it's time people it is time it is time it is time i've been fairly fairly quiet about this movie which is weird because it's anybody that knows me knows that halloween is the greatest slasher movie ever made for me anyway so that's why it's kind of strange i haven't done this i i didn't do this episode a lot sooner it's really weird i kind of had to not really brace myself but i kind of had to like prepare my thoughts in a way where i can say how i feel about this movie and what i what i want you know the things that i didn't get from halloween 2018 not that it wasn't a um a a great film and a good sequel but um i want to talk about halloween kills that's coming out october 16th 2020 that's the release date we got for it so far hopefully we get a lot sooner i really want the shit tomorrow i want the trailer today and i want the movie tomorrow but it's not the way things work over there at blumhouse so um i just wanted to talk about more than a few things as far as this movie's concerned now First of all, let me say while Halloween 2018 was a it was definitely a love letter to to true fans like myself. Um and the nostalgia was definitely on overload. The excitement was definitely on overload um when the trailer dropped and when I watched the movie for the first time, but I feel like the more and more and I was I was telling somebody this, I was having a conversation with somebody and I was telling them that I feel like the more and more I watched that movie the more and more the excitement and the nostalgia kind of dials down for me. I feel like it was momentary, momentary, but, um, you know, the, the more I watch it, the more I realize the things that I didn't get from that movie that I expected to get. Um, with that being said, Halloween Kills is, like I said, October 16, 2020. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are coming back. David Gordon Green's, you know, behind the camera again. Danny McBride's writing. Um, John Carpenter came back to executive produce again, which is crazy because he was, you know, he said, oh, this would be the last Halloween movie. This would be the scariest one. Da, 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 da. But he came back. So I feel like John Carpenter nowadays being a part of things is, is a big deal. Not, not like when he was, you know, he executive produced that shit shitty ass remake of the fog i think it was 2005 2006 that piece of shit came out but he executive produced it and you could tell that was just him getting a check that was just him getting a check and putting his name on a fucking turd that had nothing going for it that i wasted not one but two movie tickets on at the time shit's garbage so john carpenter i will never forgive you for that but you are uh one of the goats nonetheless so shout out to him um yeah but him coming back is a big deal coming back to bless this and i think he's scoring the music again as well which is pretty good the music he did in a 2018 movie it was it was really like it reminded me of um not only halloween 2 uh you know the 81 version where it was like all synthesized and shit but it reminded me of these movies these indie movies we get like it follows and stuff like that like the, the it was it was a strange score it wasn't one of my favorite scores by far uh that's another thing i'll do the ranking on his favorite um you know halloween scores from best to worst or something like that but now with halloween kills let's talk about who's coming back jamie lee curtis definitely is coming back of course she's top billing why would they not bring her back <laughs> i mean it's not like they can't have a halloween movie without jamie lee curtis and it'd be good right okay but um shout out to jamie lee curtis too that is not that is definitely listen i'm not throwing shots here people it's just i, I feel really strongly about this series this character of michael myers and the 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 dysfunctional go-around that this franchise has just had all around so i'm you know i'm i'm not trying to throw shots th uh throughout this episode but i i'm just gonna shoot from the hip man like i that didn't make any sense at all i just contradicted what i said i'm not throwing shots i'm just gonna shoot from the hip listen y'all know what i'm trying to say you know, I feel strongly about this series, so I'm going to say what I have to and what I want to say, but I'm going to say it in a way where it doesn't sound like I'm hating on anything. You know, I'm just, I'm very, I can be very outspoken, especially with things I'm passionate about. This movie series is definitely one of them, but 
Like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back as Laurie Strode. You got Andy Matichak is returning as Allison. Judy Greer coming back as Karen. James U. Courtney is Michael Myers. And the funny thing is Nick Castle is back. And I don't know if this is just going to be another, oh, I'm in one scene and I'm doing ADR for Michael's breathing, you know, after I'm done filming that one scene type of shit. Because when they said that when he was announced to come back for the 2018 movie, I was really excited and I was wondering how he was going to maneuver and, you know, I knew they probably weren't going to have him do any stunts, but I wanted to know how much of the movie he was going to be in. He's only in one scene. He's only in the scene where Laurie and Michael first see each other um, for the first time and he's tilting his head up in that window and she shoots him, but she accidentally shoots the mirror instead. That was the only scene Nick Castle was in and, you know, I was kind of disappointed. But um, also returning, we got Dylan Arnold. If anybody doesn't know who this asshole is, and not the actor himself, people, but the character. He played the character Cameron Elam. That was um, Allison's boyfriend, her two-time-and-ass boyfriend who threw her, um, you know, he threw her phone into nacho cheese. But you really don't see what happens to Cameron because they didn't have it in the theatrical cut. But there's a deleted scene where Cameron, you know, he runs after her, you know, after they have their little fight, after she sees him kiss the girl at the Halloween party. And they almost are kind of making up. And Cameron is, you know, he's so drunk that he's talking shit to the cops and he gets arrested. So that's um, that's what happens to Cameron. He, he he's a uh, he's coming back. Hopefully he dies for being an asshole um, towards Allison. You got Omar J. Dorsey coming back as Sheriff Barker. And Sheriff Barker is a character that he kind of was a throwaway character for me. Like, I'm all for the, you know, the token black guy in a horror movie, but he didn't do shit. He was just a sheriff who wore a big ass cowboy hat. And he kind of was more so into. I feel like he was more so into the spectacle than rather, you know, trying to get shit done. He's just like, well, <laughs> Michael Myers broke out. What are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? Shit. And then, you know, like. Will Patton's character, and I'm mad that he died, and uh, Sheriff Barker gets to come back, who clearly didn't give a shit that Michael Myers broke out. But um, you know, I'm, I'm mad Will Patton's character died, man, and he did, he's he didn't get a fair shot to, you know, um, be in one or two more sequels. If that, I would have loved to have him play like a Sheriff Meeker type of enforcer role, but you know, instead we get this this uh, rhinestone cowboy. Sheriff Barker, who's back. And uh, lastly, we got Jabril Nantambu coming back as Julian. And anybody that doesn't remember Julian, he's the kid that um, Vicky was babysitting. And he has probably one of the most memorable lines in the whole movie. And it's pretty simple, but I, I feel like, and even looking back on that scene, he has one of the most memorable lines. And he is one of the most um, rational characters in that movie. Uh, Cause he just gets the fuck out of Dodge as soon as he sees Michael Myers, he just runs. He just runs away. He runs past the. He runs past Dave, who's actually trying to help him out. But um, I f even looking back on that scene that Jabril is in, um, the comedic timing just didn't. You know, I, I I know what they were going for, and I know that was Danny McBride uh, injecting comedy into it because he's a comedian. But the comedic timing of uh that line that Julian gave was kind of it's kind of off. Like I get it, but it's just it's like. It's a love hate thing for me, but um, we're getting uh, we're getting some new faces, not so much new in some cases, but we are getting new faces for uh, returning characters. But some of the new people we're getting that weren't in the last movie is uh, we're getting Anthony Michael Hall, who is playing Tommy Doyle. And I kind of was I was really confused at this casting because, well, let me just say for one, um. They had, you know, Paul Rudd was contacted to come back as Tommy Doyle. And at first I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to bring Paul Rudd in Halloween Kills? Like, that's sick. But, you know, as time went on, it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, wait, not wait. First of all, uh, Paul, Paul Rudd couldn't do it because, you know, he was filming Ghostbusters, which I'm pretty sure was a, a way bigger deal. He's probably like, listen, I've done a Halloween movie already and I really don't care for it. It's OK. Like it got me started. But he's probably thinking like, yeah, Ghostbusters is way more of a, a, a big deal for me than Halloween Kills. But, you know, as time went on, uh, my excitement di died down and I, I kind of like came to my senses and I'm like, wait, Paul Rudd played Tommy Doyle in Halloween six, which is completely retconned from this timeline so it wouldn't make any fucking sense to bring him back as tommy doyle if the sequel he was in doesn't exist anymore so you know i, I think that was just something that they might have did just for fan service but ultimately even if he did come back for it as cool as it would have been it wouldn't have made fucking sense um 
of course they couldn't get in contact with Brian Brian Richards who uh was or not Brian Brian Andrews I'm sorry he was the original Tommy Doyle and I don't think he has an agent he's he's not much of an actor you know these past years he hasn't really gone on to do anything I think he's he pops up at like signings and conventions every once in a while I'm not sure but it would have been nice to see him back because I feel like that's that is one of the reasons why I still, you know, as much as I like Paul Rudd and as much as I like Halloween Six, it's one of the reasons why how like why the character of Tommy Doyle is still weird to me, because I'm really I have this thing where when characters like that are recast and you know somebody else is stepping in those shoes is it's really strange. It's like when they had J.C. Brandy play Jamie in that same movie. It's like when they had Tuesday Night take over for um Patricia Arquette in Nightmare 4 you know it's it's like it, I'm, I'm really strange about um you know casting somebody else in a role that's already set in stone it's really it's really strange to me but um Anthony Michael Hall to go back to him he is he is a seasoned veteran like he's he's a he was a child actor and he was the it guy back in the 80s so I mean even in the 90s he was in Edward Scissorhands for God's sakes and he, he played a really cool asshole uh, I think his name was Jim but there's almost no doubt in my mind that Anthony Michael Hall will will um bring something special to this role like I've really kind of warmed up to it and I you know I look back on the pictures of Brian Andrews and a picture of uh Anthony Michael Hall on set now for Halloween Kills and it's like I kind of get where they were going but it still would have been nice to get the, the actual actor but you know I'm I'm just glad they're bringing the character back because that's one thing that I didn't get in the Halloween 2018 movie you know I didn't get a mention of Tommy or anybody the only mention I really got was of Lonnie Elam who actually is coming back in this movie you know not only do they have a behind the scenes footage of a flashback scene from 78 with Lonnie little Lonnie Elam um runs into Michael Myers which is so fucking amazing because you know he was the one that was teasing Tommy and saying the boogeyman's coming and you know he was the one that was scared to walk into Myers house when Loomis told him to get his ass away from there but um Lonnie actually isn't played by the same actor the same actor um from the original either he's actually played by robert longstreet and i can't remember what movies he's in but he's got a he's got a a, a body of work i'm pretty sure i've seen him in other movies but I, I really can't remember which movies they were offhand but um he's playing lonnie and according to him in an interview he did there's an article on an interview he did and he's saying you know lonnie's um you know he drinks and He's he's fucked up and his his family is pretty fucked up and apparently you can tell his, the asshole in him is kind of hereditary because his son inherited that same trait. So I, I really want to see what they do with Lonnie, especially in a flashback sequence of of him running into Michael Myers on Halloween '78. I want to see how that fucked him up so bad that it carried on to his adulthood, even him as a parent. I want to see how that affected him as a parent and just as a character overall. Also coming back, which was a surprise to me, and I almost flipped my lid, people, when I heard this news. Kyle Richards is coming back. The original Kyle Richards from Halloween 1978 is coming back to play Lindsay Wallace again. And not only is that amazing for nostalgia, but Kyle Richards is she she's on uh, one of these housewife movies, uh, movie, not movies, TV shows. I'm not sure which one because I don't watch this shit. It's just a whole bunch of rich women just yelling, screaming at each other while they're drunk. But Kyle Richards looks amazing. Like she looks like she looks like, a, you know, like a, one of those like middle aged models or something like that. She looks really great. And a lot of times these child actors like they're they're either hard to track down or, you know, they're, they might be Edward Furlong status and they just look strung out on something. And, you know, this is very rare that somebody like that is, is in this shape. Like she looks like she's in the best shape of her life. She looks glamorous to, to say the least. And I want to know the dynamic between her and Tommy, what that's going to be in the movie. Are they married? Are they best friends? Why are they still living in Haddonfield? If they even still do live in Haddonfield, that's, that's, these are things that I hope are all explained in the, in the movie. And the fact that we're getting these three, these three characters that were kids 
which are now adults in Halloween Kills, like I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all, man, if, I, I really hope my nostalgia doesn't die down for this movie as it, as it goes along, like it did for the 2018 version, because I'm getting everything. It's like they heard me when I was complaining. I'm getting everything that I didn't get the first time around. I'm getting characters I didn't get mentions of the first time around. And speaking of which, the ones that are coming back, we got Nancy Stevens coming back as Nurse Marion. And this, like, I got chill bumps when I read that article because all it was was her face. And, you know, when I clicked on the article, they said she she announced that she was coming back. And that is actually a surprise to me because I do feel like her character was done justice. I might be the only one out there, but she was in Halloween one. She served her purpose in that sequence with Dr. Loomis. She had a run in with Michael Myers. And we didn't see her again after that. We saw her again in Halloween 2, where she came to Dr. Loomis and she said, you know, the governor's ordered you back to Smith's Grove, this, that, and the other. She got to see Michael Myers again. And, you know, she called for help at the end. We didn't see her again until H2O, where she was killed off in the beginning in a fake-ass scream fashion, you know, opening kills before the credits roll. Halloween has never done that shit, that fake-ass scream ripoff. But we're not going to um, we're not gonna jump into that. That's a whole nother episode. But... Um, yeah, she was killed off in the opening act. She was the third person killed in the opening act. And I, I, you know, I feel like they did her character justice. You know, she changed her name. Um, you know, she was still a nurse. She had, she had been taking care of Dr. Loomis. I, I, I didn't mind that she was gone, but the fact that she's coming back and there's a shot of her, you know, behind the scenes shot of her inside the car with Michael Myers' hand about to smash the window. Like it's really reminiscent of the, the, the first movie that encounter they had. I feel like that's going to be magic. But I do want to know uh, why she there is this there's a shot of her in the background of it. I really think it's a bar scene where everybody's in a bar and they're watching the news reports of what Michael Myers has done, the murders and Lori Strode being hospitalized with her her, her granddaughter and her daughter. I, I really think that's what it is, because there's just a shot of Marion in the background and Tommy and Lindsay. Tommy's in the forefront and Lindsay's right behind Tommy. But it's the three of them. And if that's not nostalgia overload, then I don't know what is. And speaking of which, lastly, not lastly, but one of the last returning characters from the original movie, which I did not see coming. I, I I had had hopes for it, but I didn't see it coming. Is Charles Cyphers, who played Sheriff Brackett. This is going to be very interesting because I want to know if Sheriff Brackett, if Charles Cyphers is going to be this disgruntled old, you know, he's still a sheriff. I don't know if he's been demoted or what, but he is in a cop uniform. He looks very aged, of course, because that was 1978. But Charles Cyphers is definitely an OG. He's definitely out here still kicking alive and well, and I'm glad he's back. But I want to know if he's going to be this disgruntled old man, this grumpy, uh, vengeful old man because his daughter died. Because you, we got to remember that Halloween 2 doesn't exist. So that scene of, you know, him pulling a sheet off the gurney and seeing that his daughter Annie has been killed by Michael Myers and him snapping on Loomis, that scene doesn't exist anymore. So I wonder how they wrote it. Whereas though he re he reacts to the death of his daughter and how it's affected him all these years, you know, why is he still a cop? Like, does he have does he have revenge in his heart for Michael Myers? Does he have a, a, a revenge in his heart for Dr. Loomis or for letting him out, quote unquote? I don't I don't know. I want to know how they include um, all of these characters, man, from this original movie and how like how they all are affected, like how they have like a form of PTSD if they do. Like, I, I'm really curious as to how these characters are going to be written man i think it's going to be a lot of i think it's going to be a lot of fun to see all of them come together again especially if they have a scene with um with jamie lee curtis i feel like that'll that'll definitely help um lastly one of the newcomers who actually isn't new because she had a, a scene a brief scene in halloween 2018 is a woman by the name of carmela mcneil and big shout out to carmela mcneil not only is she a philly native but she's one of the few people that actually responded to one of my DMs on Instagram where I tried to get her on a podcast episode for an interview for Halloween Kills. And she actually responded back and, you know, she said that there's a lot that she can't say, but 
we should probably wait until later in the new year as the as the release of the movie comes about to do an episode therefore she can say more and i get it it's contractual agreements but if anybody doesn't know who carmela mcneil played she played the you know they hashtag they her new thing is it's a hashtag sexy nurse because she has like a nurse outfit on and this is the scene this is the tracking shot where michael myers is going from house to house killing people and there's a scene there's a part where she's coming out and she's getting in the passenger side door and she kind of stares at michael myers and i guess it's her boyfriend or whoever comes out and says something to her and they just get in the car and they drive off but there is a quick stare down of these two characters so when the you know when the teaser footage dropped of halloween kills there's a shot of her shooting a gun at a truck now i don't know if michael myers is in this truck but it's just a shot of her in that same nurse's outfit shooting off what looks to be like a 357 magnum or something and i was so confused i'm like that's that girl who had a run-in with michael myers and i'm like is it the kid julian's uh, mom is it his sister is it sheriff barker's daughter is it like who is this girl how does she tie into this story so that's one of the reasons why you know i felt like especially her being from uh from philly like me i'm like maybe she you know maybe she's a regular person like i am maybe she'll respond and she actually did respond so big shout out to philly's own carmela mcneil i can't wait to see how her character ties into this story with all these other characters um in this movie i've this cast man and um let me just say i like the cast i i'm really excited probably a lot more than i was excited for the 2018 casting um because there is nostalgia even though brian andrews couldn't come back anthony michael hall just the fact that they have tommy doyle back in the forefront is amazing and i feel like they're answering a lot of calls of fans um maybe that that also did get what they wanted but it's just like okay we gave them what they wanted let's we gave them what they wanted in 2018 let's give them more but let's also do this for the people uh, that weren't satisfied with it. So I really love when filmmakers um, pay attention to fan feedback and what the fans like and dislike. I f that means a lot. That's almost as big as interacting personally with uh, with with fans. It means a lot. That's as it's a really heartfelt act on um, David Gordon Green's behalf and uh, and Blumhouse also. Shout out to Jason Blum also, man. Um, now there are a few things I want to, I want to, you know, throw out there. One of the shots of this behind the scenes footage shows the end of the movie where Lori's house is on fire, but, um, it's not the very end because Michael Myers is standing at the front door with, with what I thought was an ax in his hand, but it's really not an ax. And somebody online said it's one of those tools that the, um, the firefighters use to pry shit open. So my guess is that, you know, the firefighters are going to try to pry that, uh, that trap door open, that cellar open, and Michael Myers is going to come the fuck out of there. And the shot of him does look badass because the whole house is on fire and he's just standing there with that thing in his hand. So of, of course, Michael gets away. I kind of thought he was going to like find like a, a well, not a trap door because of course, Lori constructed the whole thing. I thought he was going to maybe pry the bars open and that's the super, superhuman side of Michael we were going to see. I, I wasn't sure how he was going to escape um, because, you know, they, they had set it up to where they didn't even have to make a sequel. They could have just let this be a standalone, uh, a standalone film. And uh, honestly, the 2018 version works as if this is a tricky thing that Blumhouse does. Um, they made the 2018 version as if the first movie, as if we didn't even see the first movie. You know, as if we didn't even have to see the first movie early because there's no there's no flashback scenes. There's no uh, there's no real tie ins that we see physically to the 1978 version. And I say it's tricky because Blumhouse did this same thing and it didn't even dawn on me until after 2018 Halloween came out. Blumhouse did the same thing with the town at dreaded sundown. It was a soft reboot, but it was a sequel. It was just enough backstory on what had happened in i think that movie the town of dreaded sundown came out in the 60s or 70s it was it was a really slow burn of a movie i didn't finish it but there's just enough backstory that you don't even have to see the original film like the 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 new the reboot the sequel slash soft reboot stands on its own so well that you know you know that the first movie happened 
you don't have to see it. So that's that's the thing Blumhouse does. And, I, you know, they do it. They do it fairly well. Um, but uh, this uh, another thing that concerns me, people, and I might get a lot of flack for this. I want to know, will Lori Stroh be as present as she was? And I'm going to be real, people. I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest. That's what I do. I don't know how to do anything else in these episodes with y'all than be completely honest. Um, I really hope Lori takes a back seat in the sequel. If she doesn't die, um, I really want her to take a back seat because as y'all saw, anybody that saw the end of that movie, she got stabbed in the stomach. She fell off a roof. She got in a big ass scuffle with Michael before she got stabbed. And after she uh, scurried away after falling off the roof, Lori's fucked up and I'm pretty sure she's bleeding out quite a bit, but we do know that. Um, we see her getting taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, and I'll get into Haddonfield Memorial Hospital in one second. Um, but I have no problem at all if Lori is on bed rest and if she's healing, if they have her in like a, a secluded room in one of the wings somewhere where, you know, because she's freaking out, don't put me to sleep. That's that would be a nice nod if they do that. Lori doesn't want to go to sleep, you know, because maybe she knows Michael's not dead or whatever. Um, but I have no problem at all with her barely being in this movie and us having not only um, Allison and Karen, mainly Allison, because, you know, she was the one still holding on to the knife at the end of the movie in true Laurie Strode. Well, not true Laurie Strode fashion, because Laurie drops the knife several times in that first movie. But, um, I, you know, I wouldn't mind her doing that so that Allison and Karen get way you know they have way more shine time in the movie along with the returning characters and the new characters um and this is nothing against jamie lee curtis i just feel like it goes back to me saying there can be a great epic halloween movie without her so i feel like this movie should be able to stand on its own too if laurie strode is not in the forefront as much i feel like it'll give a chance for other performances to shine the way hers did and you know i don't feel like it's a selfish act at all i i'm i i really don't um like i said uh if she dies in this movie I would be perfectly fine with that, though. I know there's a lot of people who want, you know, Halloween ends is coming after Halloween kills and that'll come out a year later. But um, I'm pretty sure there are people who want that climactic ending with Laurie and Michael and they she dies heroically. But my thing is that shit was supposed to happen in the 2018 movie. And I didn't get that. I was going into that movie expecting her to die. But when I heard that they were doing reshoots, I was pretty sure, almost sure that that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, I, I kind of part of me still had fingers crossed because, you know, we've seen we've seen Laurie so many times. And as good as she was, as good as Jamie Lee Curtis was in the 2018 movie, I feel like the ending would have been more effective if she died. It definitely would have been better than uh, the abrupt ending that they had in 2018 version because i didn't i didn't like that ending like the very last shot i didn't like it um i get the significance of it allison's still holding on to the knife when her grandmother just kept dropping it back in the day she never let it go um i get it but you know the, the ending was just so sudden and then that was it so i you know i would have much rather had jamie lee curtis die um in in that ending but you know that's like i said that's nothing against her i'm just all about having new people in the forefront and just getting giving other people getting something new you know what i mean like i don't i don't want the same thing that's one of the reasons why after this trilogy wraps after halloween ends is over and this trilogy is over this storyline is over and done with i say since the timeline's already fucked up let's go back to a movie that can function without jamie lee curtis like let's do a true sequel to halloween 4 let's do halloween 5 the way it should have been done let's get daniel harris back and ellie cornell and bo star i'm sure bo star is still alive i'm not certain i would have to look him up on imdb but you know i'm just i'm just all about new things i'm all about things thriving without um the same people over and over and over i'm just for uh change cinematic change say to, to say the least now back to haddonfield memorial a lot of this, I looked on IMDb yesterday, last night actually, and a lot of the cast that is in this movie are credited as patients, nurses, officers, doctors, orderlies, shit like that. So 
I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say we are getting a recreation of Halloween 2 1981. I'm cool with that. I'm perfectly fine with this movie being solely set, the majority of it, like the original Halloween 2, I'm cool with it just being at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Why? Because I got, why? Because one, Halloween 2 is an epic sequel. It's one of the best sequels of all time. Um, the hospital setting, that movie is the single sole reason that I'm terrified of hospitals now. When I'm in the hospital, if I have to stay the night at the hospital, whatever the case may be, if I have to walk down a hallway, if the room is too quiet, whatever the situation may be, dark corridors, empty whatever, bathrooms, vending machines, all this shit terrifies me because of Halloween 2. It's something about how creepy that atmosphere was made hospitals uh, just complete hellholes to me. But um, that's that's one reason. Another reason why I'm cool with it being solely set in um, I almost said Smith's Grove at Haddonfield Memorial is because I got cheated out of Haddonfield Memorial and Halloween 2. I thought the entire of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I thought we were going to get this bad ass version of Michael Myers slicing and crunching and cracking his way through everybody in Hanfield Memorial, and it turned out to be a dream sequence. And the funny thing is, the dream sequence is one of the best parts of the entire movie. You get one of the most brutal kills when Tyler Maine just um, just completely slaughters uh, Octavia Spencer on that ground with that butcher knife. And But it turns out to be a dream sequence, so I got cheated. I'm pretty sure a lot of other fans of that of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I know y'all are out there, I'm not the only one, um, I'm pretty sure that y'all feel like y'all got cheated too. So... Um, Another reason is because this is a brand new era for, you know, it's modern era. So imagine the things, the tools, the room, the tools Michael can use, the rooms Michael can go in, the things that he can do in a modern day hospital without it being a dream sequence, without it being a cheat. Michael going full blown, James U. Courtney doing what he does as Michael in a hospital setting. I feel like that is pure gold. Pure gold, I feel like it could be very claustrophobic, um, and it could really work to this film's advantage. Um, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with me wanting to talk about the atmosphere of this movie. Now, not that there was anything wrong at all with the atmosphere of Halloween 2018, but I feel like I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten the, the, the atmospheric tone of a true Halloween movie, not necessarily a true Halloween movie, but the true Halloween season. I haven't gotten that tone since Halloween six. And with that tone, I mean, lighting, just atmosphere that you can literally feel when you watch the movie. I haven't gotten it since Halloween six. I didn't get it in H2O. Nobody was buying that California summer, Summerdale, Summer Glen bullshit. Um, Halloween Resurrection had no atmosphere at all for me personally. Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, um, Halloween 2, if anything, reminded me more of Halloween 5 as far as the party and the decorations and the costumes and the spirit of Halloween. That was cool too. But, you know, like I said, it's not to take away anything from the 2018 version again, but, um, I want more atmosphere here. I want it to feel creepy because let's be real. I, well, I'll be real with y'all anyway. Um, Halloween 6, again, was the last Halloween movie I was scared of. It was the last scary movie for me. H2O wasn't scary in the slightest bit. Resurrection had no scary parts to it. Rob Zombie's Halloween uh, made Michael Myers intimidating, but none of those movies were scary. The 2018 version, um, James U. Courtney was creepy and intimidating, but the movie overall didn't scare me. You know, I have not been scared since 95 when Halloween 6 dropped. I would like a creepy Halloween 2 atmosphere that John Carpenter and Rick Rosenthal kind of even though they creatively bumped heads you know they the, there's an atmosphere of people in Halloween 2 81 that um and a lot will go against me when I say this there's a while the first movie is terrifying it's scary um I use the word creepy for the second one it's just eerie it's very creepy it's very eerie the synthesized music helps um, it's, it's just a spooky ass film and it's, it's creepy on levels that the first movie wasn't. And I know that might seem like blasphemy to the Halloween purists out there, but that's just my opinion. That's just how I feel. Um, there like, and especially Dick Warlock, the way he portrayed Michael Myers in that hospital is, is very spooky to me. It's very creepy. And I, I just need more of that. 
um, kills. Uh, in 2018, we got some Christopher Nelson. I think the guy's name is he did. He actually played one of those cops that was in the car, you know, having their little banter back and forth um, about brownies or sandwiches or whatever the hell it was. They died. So it doesn't matter. But one of the cops in there, uh, Christopher Nelson, he is the guy that did the special effects for the movie. Special effects look great. But um, one of my one of my biggest concerns, not even concerns, complaints, let me say for the last movie was the off-screen kills and i guess it's because i'm i'm spoiled i'm really spoiled with how tyler main was just wrecking shit through two movies the halloween the first rob zombie remake was one thing but rob zombie's halloween 2 it's hard to go from seeing someone's uh seeing octavia spencer just get fucking obliterated right before your very eyes like over and over and over again um seeing somebody get their you know face stomped in multiple times seeing a stripper get her face smashed in a glass mirror uh just multiple times it's something about what tyler main did and how he executed these kills that i didn't want to go from that type of brutality with michael myers to go back to you know, something more tame, and I get it, that's the essence of Michael Myers, the movies were never all about blood and gore, because the first movies barely got any blood in it at all, um, very little, in fact, but, you know, I'm, I'm really spoiled, I'm a gore hound, but I understand, I understand, um, classy and, and, uh, tasteful violence, I get it, I, I just had a, you know, I just did a, a review for Cherry Falls, and I was talking about tasteful and class, classy violence, um, I can appreciate when it's done, but for this to up the ante and for it to be called Halloween Kills, I want some motherfucking kills. I want some kills. I don't want this off-screen shit. I don't know how many kills were off-screen in Halloween 2018, people, but let me tell you, it w I was so disappointed because all of the kills, it would have been so dope to see. There's a dad in the beginning. Uh, the kid's dad gets his neck snapped backwards. Um, a guy gets beaten with like some type of ball-peen hammer, it looks like, or something like that, or one of those rubber mallets. I don't know what the hell it is. There's a guy who gets his jaw broken. Um, Michael kills Dave, and he, he pins him to the wall by his neck, with through his neck. With a butcher knife and you know it's real reminiscent to when he kills bob in the in the original movie you know we get all these and then the cops in the car you know he makes a fucking jack-o-lantern out of this guy's head and he sticks his he sticks a flashlight in his neck so the jack-o-lantern can light up inside you know so his head can light up and you know i these are fucking kills i want to see man like all i understand you want to keep the integrity i get it but give me like i guess the goriest part in there was Dr. Sartain getting his head just turned into cherry pie. That was vicious. That was super fucking vicious. I didn't see that coming, but um, I, I want some kills, man. If it's Halloween kills, give me some kills. Give me some kills. Give me some good shit, too. I want I want something nasty. Not, we don't have to go all out. I know they're not trying to go the Rob Zombie route, but I want a balance. I want a balance between who Michael is and who Michael isn't like who Michael is saying like, oh, OK, Mike, Michael would do something like that. That's classic boogeyman, phantom esque um, Michael Myers stuff. But then I want I want a few kills. I want more than a few kills where they go. Oh, shit. Like, I didn't know Michael could do that. Like, I want something that's going to make me cringe. That's what I want. So I, I hopefully I get that. I mean, if I don't, then, you know, these movies aren't really all about kills for me because I, I you can look at something like friday the 13th those movies are about kills to me because i really don't give a shit about any of those characters but halloween being my beloved slasher franchise it's a little different because i, I care about the characters in the movie with the exception of um halloween resurrection and you know uh the rob zombies movies i didn't really care about those characters too much other than Lori, annie and um bracket um yeah, I, I didn't get. I don't give a shit about uh, those characters. But I, as far as the other movies are concerned, the Halloween movies are. You know, I, I'm very invested in characters. I want them to win. I want them to survive, even though a lot of them won't. It's still good to have that ounce of hope. But um, yeah, I want, I want some. I want some kills, man. I really do. I want kills. Um, uh, one of the other points I want to make is there is. Um, I think the working title for this movie uh no the, the title they i'm sorry the title they were filming under 
and people who maybe are in and out of the film industry know this, you know, when you don't want a certain crowd drawn to you, you have to go under a working title, a filming title. Like Friday the 13th was was known for that. Um, they would have different. They, they wouldn't film under the title Friday the 13th. They would film under shit like repetition and stuff like that. Um just so they wouldn't draw crowds and, you know, the, the media and shit like that. So this movie was filming under the title Mob Rules, I think it was. And it's and it's, it's kind of weird because there are a lot of theories online saying, will there be an angry mob out to get Michael? You know, um, will there be like some type of revenge plot? Which for me is plausible, but only for certain characters. It's plausible for characters like... I don't know, uh, Charles Cyphers playing uh, Sheriff Brackett. His daughter was killed at the hands of Michael Myers. Um, is it plausible for uh, Tommy and Lindsay? It depends on how they flesh these characters out uh, as far as their adult versions go. Because they only saw the boogeyman. You know, they can't say, oh, he killed my mother or something like that because they didn't. But now if he did that type of damage to them and they want revenge, that's something completely different. We do see a shot of Anthony Michael Hall walking in front of, I think it's a car or behind a car. And he's got a big baseball bat in his hand and he looks pretty badass. So hopefully he gets a chance to do some uh, do some cool shit with that bat. But, you know, uh, as far as the mob going after Michael, I kind of don't want it to be that. I mean, if it, if it makes sense, cool, but I want to get back to the point where we are not hunting Michael down. Michael is hunting people down. Like, I feel like when we're hunting him down, it takes away from the scare factor. It takes away from the creep factor of us actually being afraid of the boogeyman. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I understand. I can see if they did that at Halloween ends where it's just like, listen, enough. The fucking town has had it. Let's come with pitchforks and, and torches and shit. I can see if they did that in the last act of Halloween ends. But I, I feel like doing it now will definitely take away from the creep factor and it won't make Michael Myers as scary anymore. You know, if the, the people in the movie aren't scared of Michael Myers, how are we as an audience supposed to be? You know, I, I, I feel like that's a, a big risk that they can take. And, you know, it, it may work. It may not. Um, you see, Lori played a big game of cat and mouse and she was actually hunting him down. And in the, um, you know, in the last few moments of 2018, which and it was actually a scene I honestly wasn't I wasn't too crazy about it because it was too drawn out and it wasn't even better than the cat and mouse a sequence in H2O. I understand there was a gun involved, a big um, shotgun involved, but that didn't, you know, I, I liked uh, even though H2O definitely has has his flaws. I like the third act cat and mouse scene with her and Michael a lot better than, you know, just her hitting gates down in the house and just hunting him down for like a fucking hour and a half in the dark. Uh, it was, it was almost kind of boring. I understand it was made for tension purposes, but you know, um, here's what it is. The revenge plot. I'm not really crazy about it. I, I really do feel like it'll take away from, from the kind of not urban legend, but the, the essence of Michael Myers, you know him, he is the boogeyman. He is like almost that campfire story without a campfire he is the town you know the town legend even though they kind of rule it out like the, the character dave in the 2018 version so he's like man he's like he only killed three people you know by today's standards that's pretty low but uh i, I want to get back to where the town is actually afraid to either talk about them or just you know associate themselves with anything you know i want to take it back to where they were scared to even walk past the myers house you know, kids and adults, you know, you can't just have people hunting this, uh, this, this, this figure down, like it's nothing, you know, you have to, even if they do, you have to have those characters be scared a little bit. Like Tommy, like I said, uh, Tommy Doyle has that bat in his hand in one scene and I want him to be as scared of Michael Myers as he was as a kid. I don't want these characters to grow out of, I feel like Lonnie will be the one that's I feel like he'll be affected differently than uh, than Tommy and Lindsay for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because there's a lot of alcohol involved that he says his character has. But um, I, and plus this run in that he has, I'm really curious to see what this run in does. But I, I really want these characters to still be as afraid of Michael Myers as they were in the original movie. Um, 
especially um, Nancy Stevens, because she had an actual violent encounter with him. He, you know, he tried to grab her and choke her through the window. He slams the he slams the glass and he chases her out the car. And, you know, that I, I feel like we just need we need as much creep factor and fear factor in this movie as we can get because the last one like i said it was a it was a great well-made film but it wasn't it wasn't scary to me like it had creepy moments in it but it wasn't overall scary like it didn't make me if i had left the theater i didn't see this in theater but if i had left the theater and i put my keys in the back door i'm pretty sure i'd be fine but if i had thought back to like how michael was in halloween six or prior to that i probably would look back not so much 2018 but another point i want to talk about and this is something that people have said. Ryan Turek, who is a part of the crew over there at Halloween, he said he confirmed it and everybody else online said they confirmed it. I think it's complete bullshit and I think it is exactly what we think it is. There's a picture floating around online, people, of a guy. There is a guy, you know, is just a guy in a barbershop that's it just so happened to be in the area where Halloween Kills was one of the areas they were filming at. People, when I tell you I was scrolling, scrolling online and I stopped and my heart dropped, there is a guy that they took a picture of and they put it on like all the Halloween fan sites and shit. When I say this guy is Donald Pleasance incarnated, this man looks exactly like Donald Pleasance. And the first thing that I thought of was this is an actor on set. This is an actor on set, and because we might be getting flashback sequences we didn't get the first time around, they're going to bring Loomis back in a flashback sequence. Somebody confirmed it and was like, oh, Ryan Torek said it's not true, and this, that, and the other. I think it's bullshit. I think they confirmed it and said it wasn't, you know, it wasn't true. They weren't casting the Loomis lookalike. I think they don't want the excitement to die. You know, they don't, they don't want to ruin the surprise. That's what I think. Of course, they're going to they're under contract. Of course, they're going to say whatever they can say to cover their ass. But I think it would be the most amazing surprise. And again, this might sound like blasphemy to the Halloween purists. I know you can't. No, nobody will ever be Donald Pleasance. It's one of the reasons why I didn't care for uh, Malcolm McDowell as uh, Dr. Loomis. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And it didn't work at all all for me especially not in rob zombies halloween 2 i didn't like him as dr loomis at all now one thing i did want was we don't have to do a close-up shot of of dr loomis in a flashback sequence we can get a shot of him running of shot that's just as far away as they did in halloween 2 81 where michael's pov shot sees loomis down the street running around looking for him in the alleyways we can have a distant shot of this guy whoever this guy is they didn't say who what his name was but people when i tell you Man, I promise you guys, when I start doing uh, videos for these podcast episodes, I'm going to like have some type of way where these things can just pop up and you can see them because this would be the moment where I show you guys what this guy looks like. And he has a spitting image of what a Donald Pleasance lookalike could be. And I really, really hope and pray that they can bring Loomis back in a flashback sequence because I feel like they've I feel like they've earned it because the series hasn't been the same without him. And, you know, I understand things can function without, you know, I just made a mention of how things can function without Jamie Lee Curtis. But, you know, it's 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 different. Donald Pleasance was on board when Jamie Lee Curtis didn't even want to come back. Like, let's keep it a bean. Uh, they, I think they wanted Jamie Lee Curtis back for Halloween four. And, um, you know, I, I think she had become a big star at that point and she didn't want to come back. And Donald Pleasance came back and he gave it all. He gave it his all in four five and six sadly he passed away um uh before they did the i think when they did the reshoots of part six but the series really really um kind of took a dive when donald pleasance passed away because he was such a force he was such an anchor he brought such a um not only presence but he brought such he brought such a um uh what's the word i'm looking for i really can't explain it he brought a sense of um this guy's savvy his acting savvy was just so professional and he just treated it like he treated it like he was doing like theater you know he 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 treated it like he was doing something shakespearean almost because every line delivered even in halloween 6 where he's barely in the theatrical cut every line that's delivered he you know he treated it like like it was oscar worthy material and that's one of the things i always respected about 
Donald Pleasance playing Dr. Loomis was how how dedicated he was to that character. So if they can bring him back, they don't have to have speaking a speaking role for him. I would be cool with just a um you know, just a, a cameo appearance just to see, you know, if we see Michael apprehended that night of, of Halloween 78, you know, that maybe Lonnie tells the cops, oh, he's right over there. He went that way. You know, maybe Loomis is looking for him after he left Lori or something. I, I want to see the aftermath, man. I want to see what happened. How did Michael get caught? How did he cross paths with Lonnie? Like, I want to see all of that shit. And, and it doesn't have to be long. I just want to see a few minutes of that. And I want it done so well enough to the point where it's one of the best parts in the movie. Um, I feel like that's definitely something they can go right with. Um, something they can go wrong with is bringing all these nostalgic characters back into the forefront and doing absolutely nothing with them. That's that's a fear of mine. That's a big fear. Uh, like Anthony Michael Hall only being in like several scenes or so. Uh, Kyle Richards and Nancy Stevens, Charles Cyphers only be and and actually Robert Longstreet also um, is. I hope that they do not bring these characters back just to kind of shoehorn them in and, you know, just use them as plot devices and then just forget about them all together. I, I want to see these characters come into I want to see this come full circle. You know, if you're going to bring all these characters back, I want to see it come full circle because technically this is serving as a third part. So it's a trilogy. So a lot of things have to come full circle from that first movie. And when I say that, people, if it makes any sense, I say that even though this is the second movie in this quote unquote trilogy that this new trilogy they're making, we can't forget Halloween one is the foundation. So Halloween 2018 is the sequel Halloween Kills is the trilogy. Now, every movie buff out there knows that in the third movie of a trilogy, certain things come full circle. Certain revelations come to, you know, we come to find out things that maybe were or that weren't. Um, it happens in every every great third movie. They do it the right way. So I really want um, I really want the tie ins to work here. So if, if they don't do that, then this movie, I'm not going to say is doomed, but that's definitely going to be a big 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 missed opportunity um on their behalf but other than that i think the majority of things that's going on can really work in their favor uh because they seem to be really passionate it seems to be a lot of love going into these movies man and i this is one of the reasons why i tip my hat to jason blum and uh the whole blumhouse for picking up halloween because halloween was a property that was it wasn't dead in the water but, you know, after the shit happened with, Har with, with Harvey Weinstein and Dimension Films fell through and Miramax and all that shit, Michael didn't, he didn't have a home. So, you know, and Michael Myers has been with Dimension Films since Halloween 6. They pumped out Halloween 6, H2O, Resurrection, and Rob Zombie's two movies. But then when that happened, he didn't have a home to go to. And it was all a matter of where are we going to, where are we going to place Michael Myers? You know, he, he has to go in a... He's got to go in foster care right now. He's got to make it. He got to, he's got to find a new home, basically. And when Blumhouse got it, I kind of felt like he was in good hands because Blumhouse knows I didn't even expect them to make it rated R, honestly, because they're known for pumping out PG-13, quote unquote, horror movies. And Blumhouse makes a lot of their movies really cheap. But I think that's a smart business move, because not only do they make their movies really cheap, they make a lot of that money back and then some. And I mean a lot of it back and then some. They have a few flops. You know, um, Truth or Dare didn't do good. Black Christmas is bombing at the box office right now, rightfully so, because it looks like shit. But Blumhouse definitely, as, as, as a business, they know what they're doing, I think. They know to... You know, you got something, a PG-13 slasher comedy like Happy Death Day, which is about to get a third movie, which actually was surprisingly entertaining. And that's a movie that really wasn't, you know, people didn't think the movie was going to be good at all. And it was very, very entertaining. It's really well, uh, it was really well written. It's re really well um, thought out. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. Shout out Blumhouse, man, because I'm really glad that they're that they're taking on this property because, you know, I, I could complain and say, oh, well, Blumhouse is fucking this up. But, you know, I complained for for almost 10 years you know we hadn't had a halloween movie since uh 2009 with the last rob zombie movie i, I, I complained for almost 10 years that um you know I, I i wasn't getting a halloween movie so i just i guess i gotta be grateful because they're actually pumping out not another one but you know a, another one after that you know and hopefully 
I'm not going to go into what I think Halloween Ends is going to be, because I'm already a little bit far into this episode, but hopefully Halloween Kills, of course I want this movie to be awesome, but there is a lot at stake, and I feel like this is like, you know, it's like I'm holding, it's like I'm holding my baby, and somebody else wants to hold her, and it's like, all right, man, like, you, you drop my, you drop my baby, and I'm, I'm gonna fuck you up type of thing, it's just like, I'm, I'm really cautious about how people handle this property, because we've seen it get fucked up before, we've seen it get watered down into Scream with Michael Myers, with H2O, we've seen it turn into a gimmick, of not only a gimmick, a mockery, and a, a, a whole nother gimmick of reality TV show um, popping off with Resurrection, which is the worst fucking Halloween. I don't think anything could be worse than that, honestly. You could cast Fetty Wap in a Halloween movie, and I'm sure it would be better than Resurrection, and I, I really mean that. But, you know, knock on wood, let's hope that shit never, ever happens in this lifetime. At least I don't want to be around to see that shit. But um, as far as the future of the series, I feel like uh, when they wrap this trilogy up, this new trilogy they're doing, and hopefully it's, it's pretty epic. I really hope that it, um, I really hope everything comes full circle and it's, and it's an amazing experience. I hope that it, I hope it makes a shit ton of money, even though, you know, I'm, I always talk about integrity and passion projects. You know, like I said, it is a business at the end of the day. So I do hope it, I, I hope it, it makes a shit ton of money at the box office because therefore that will open up a door for more movies to get made at Blumhouse and it'll definitely give Blumhouse um leeway to to keep it maybe the people will be like listen you know what Blum you did a damn good job with this property we didn't trust you at first to make this many but you did it let's pump out some more and after this I, you know the, the timeline's already fucked up like I said people so let's get a Halloween 5 let's get a true Halloween 5 which will piss a lot of people off because Halloween 5 is not a perfect film it's one of the weaker Halloween movies even though it was the first one that uh, made me cry before I went to sleep because I didn't want to go to sleep because Michael got away again but um, and it's, it would be an uproar because there's a fan base for Halloween 5 and there's a fan base for Halloween 6 so you know the Thorn trilogy is, is cool but I feel like Halloween 4 deserves a much better sequel. And, you know, we, we deserve Danielle Harris back. Danielle Harris deserves to come back. She is one of the most dedicated um, people that has ever been a part of this franchise, I'd say. She's never... She she has her, her concerns and her complaints, but she doesn't even talk down as much as Jamie Lee Curtis does about this series. And... I don't know if that makes any sense to people, but it's like I watch a lot of interviews and I pay attention to the tone of people's voices and the, you know, um, the 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 mentions they make and how highly they speak about things. So I, I feel like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis might be top billing, but Daniel Harris definitely deserves just as just as much as a, a, a another shot at another Halloween movie as Jamie Lee Curtis does and did. Um, we deserve a we deserve a better outing for Ellie Cornell as Rachel. You know, we deserve a better and stronger dynamic. I would love to see it, you know, 30, 40 years later, however much is time however much time has passed since Halloween four, I would love to see it currently. You know, um I'm writing a fan script about it my damn self, where, you know, it's it's current uh and jamie's fucked up you know she she was committed at some point she got out her and rachel live together jamie's got a son who's getting teased by uh kids because of you know the, the boogeyman is blah 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 blah. it's like i want to see that on screen i actually dm'd danielle harris and i know i'm a fly on the wall because she probably gets thousands of those a day but don't let her ever respond to that dm and you know i'll pitch that idea to her because she you know the concern that she shows about wanting to be in another movie it's not it's not sad but it's just like it just hurts man that you know the fact that she got done dirty to, and recast the way she was in halloween six and you know rob zombie did give her a you know he threw her a bone with the two movies he did that was awesome but you know I, we need another rachel and jamie go around after this so that's that's really where i want the future of the franchise to go after this trilogy wraps up but nonetheless i do hope that this um i hope that halloween kills i, I hope it kills man i really hope it does amazingly well i hope it does a lot better than and that's not to take away from the success of the last movie i hope it does even better let me say than the last movie um because you know the the, the hype is really building up and i, I really want to know when the trailer is dropping because i even just talking about it now i can't wait for it but 
going to have to wait for it. So in the meantime, people, it's another episode of Tudor Reviews. Yours truly, Romero Tudor. Follow me. Follow this podcast. Actually, you can check it out. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Radiocast, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. You can check it out wherever it's at. Shout out to the Tudor reviewers, man. Y'all keep showing me love. I'm trying to reach this. I'm, my goal is to hit, I keep saying this, 100 episodes and 200 listens. Um, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big goal. That's that's what I'm reaching for. And I do it. I do it for y'all, man. I don't do this for me. I do this for y'all because there's actually people out there listening, tuning into me. Appreciate the love, man. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Romero Tudor, Facebook, movie group, Cinemaniacs. Check it out. We talk movies and music and whatever else you, you know, whatever tickles your fancy, as long as it ain't religion or politics, because we don't play that shit up in there. Um, Listen, people, I listen. I'm kind of burnt out. I'm I'm really trying to bang these episodes out, so I'm just going to cut it short. I actually was going to say more things, but I don't want to. So <laughs> with that being said, it's another episode of Tudor Reviews in the Can, y'all. I'll check y'all on the next episode.